Hello everyone and welcome to I Can't Believe That Happened. Thank you so much for uh, sticking with us. I know I have not been on the air for probably about a month. I'm very sorry I got very sick, um, but I'm back now and I have a really special episode and I know I say that about every episode, but believe me when I tell you that each of these episodes I do just because I'm really fascinated in these subjects or I'll look through Pinterest or social media and there'll be a picture of something that I think, huh, I wonder if that's true or if that's as amazing as this meme or little statement makes me believe it is. And so then I go and research it. And whenever I find that it is true and it is as cool as I think it is, I want to bring it to you guys. So I was obsessing on Pinterest and that is a problem I have. I'm on it quite a bit. When I saw the most amazing photo of an, um, a woman playing two pianos with both of her hands on either side of her, like two pianos set up along her side, playing both of them at the same time. And I thought, wow, that's a story I need to find out about. So I went and researched and dug through some really cool files and I found out all about Hazel Dorothy Scott. So this is one of these episodes that you're going to want to head over to the show notes because I'm going to be linking a whole bunch of things, including videos, and it is worth it to go there and listen to this amazing piano player's music. Also, you might want to see her because you'll find out later that she was in some movies playing herself as an amazing musician. So I think this is a really cool episode to bring to all of you, especially when my listeners are younger, um, because the things she accomplished, a lot of them she accomplished as a teenager and as a very young woman, and she challenged systems. Um, so let's get right into this, but please head over to the show notes because there's going to be a wealth of things to find out about and forgive my chickens. They want to be a part of this episode too. So they're going to be clucking in the back here. All right. So Hazel Dorothy Scott was born June 11th, 1920, and she's born in Trinidad. Her parents were something to be amazed by as well. Her father, R. Thomas Scott was a West African scholar and her mother, Alma Long Scott, she was a music teacher and a classical pianist. Um, so you might see where some of this comes from. So Hazel showed an incredible aptitude for music very, very young. And by the time she was four years old, it was really clear to her parents that they would need to move to get her somewhere where her talents could be properly taught. And she showed this much talent by the age of four. <laughs> I think I might have been toddling around putting crayons in my mouth when I was four. I can't imagine this amazing prodigy that could play full music. Um, by the way, we'll probably do an episode on Tori Amos sometime soon too, because another very cool musical prodigy. All right. So at four years old, her parents picked her up and took her to New York. Now at eight years old, she was shown to be so incredibly talented and clever that Juilliard Musical School, which you might have heard of, it's one of the most famous music schools in the country of the United States, um, they accepted her at eight. They don't accept people before 16, but they took her in at eight years old. So she spent her the next seven years um, definitely not goofing off because at 15 years old, she started her own radio show. Um, which was an amazing thing for any young woman to do or any young person to do. And 
then she started playing with the Count Basie Orchestra. Now, if you've never heard of the Count Basie Orchestra, I beg you, head to Spotify, head to YouTube. I don't care where you go, just listen to it. This is some of the best music. I love the Count Basie Orchestra. Now, when she was a teenager, when she was a teenager, she was performing uh, piano and trumpet because one mu- musical instrument is not enough. And she joined her mother's all-girl band, uh, jazz band. In the mid-1930s, she was already playing at the Apollo and Carnegie Hall, which you might imagine is an incredible achievement for any musician, let alone a teenager. All right, so by 1945, she was already making about $75,000 a year and adjusted for today's inflation. We're looking at about over a million dollars, which is incredibly impressive for a young person. And it really was amazing how it was able to feed a lot of her ambitions for what she wanted to do. And this person had some amazing ambitions from entertainment to changing the structure of how the country was viewing black people. And she was brave. So in 1943, she decided to use her sway as an entertainer to change some of the political and social norms. And she was appearing as herself in a whole bunch of movies, uh, Broadway Rhythm, Something to Shout About, The Heat is On, Rhapsody in Blue. So if you want to look any of these up, you can probably even just find the clips, but the movies are really fun to watch as well. She was very committed to her civil rights and was very clear on what sort of visualization she wanted people to have of black people in the entertainment. And she felt that what people were seeing on television and in the movies would really kind of structure their view of other black people. And so she refused to take what she called the singing maid roles. And that led to her only taking roles that were her portraying herself. And she, in her contracts, was very, very meticulous and would not appear in anything that she did not have full rights to view how she would appear after. She had what was called last cut rights, which meant she got to view the movie and then decide if she felt she was being portrayed in a favorable way and even change the editing. The clothing also, she felt that she would have, um, not felt, I'm so sorry, it's been a long, long week of being sick. Um, She made sure in her contracts that she had full control over her wardrobe and made sure that her wardrobe, her makeup, and her hair, that she presented herself in a way that she wished to be presented. Now, Hazel Scott is also the first black person to have a television show, and that was called The Hazel Scott Show. That's also a really fun one to go and YouTube, and it didn't play for long. And that we're going to get to in just a minute because it's a really important moment in American history. Uh, Because I try to keep these close to 10 minutes as I can, I'm not going to go into too much about it, but I will have links in the show notes if you want to understand better. Now, another way, and we've talked about this before with some other black performers, she refused to play in any segregated venue, which forced club owners to decide if they were willing to completely unsegregate their clubs, really take a look at their policies um, to make sure they have the best talent. And that really did change things. I can't stress enough how important entertainment is in our culture and in changing our culture's viewpoint. So don't write off entertainers or television shows or movies as something that's silly and entertaining because it really does. Even our advertising changes how we view groups of people. So this is really important. 
And she was able to even begin to change laws. Um, one of the things that she was known for saying was after leaving a venue, she refused to play in because it was not segregated. It was in Austin, Texas. And I'll have the exact quote in the show notes. I'm sorry, I'm probably going to mingle this a bit. But she basically said, why would anyone come to hear me, a black person, and refuse to sit beside someone just like me? I think that's a really important point of why would you use someone for entertainment and then denigrate them later um, or downgrade them? I'm sorry, I'm using words that maybe you haven't heard before, but that's a good word. Denigrate is a good word to know. Um, so it's really important what she's saying is why would you be willing to let me entertain you and then not be willing to sit next to me? I think that's a, a really good quote there. Now, here's where she started to really change the world a bit, um, not just a bit, a huge way. Um, in Pasco, Washington, she and a friend who she was working with sat down in a restaurant and refused to be served because of the color of their skin. So she sued them and won that suit. Now, this lawsuit was really important in Washington because it pushed forward the Public Accommodations Act in 1953, which helped push forward civil rights. Super important. Okay. Now, you might be wondering, this is a really famous person. Why haven't I heard a lot about her before? All right, the McCarthy era. <laughs> um, and maybe someday I'll do an episode on this, but it is heavy and it is deep. And what I will just say really quickly is there's a time in history where there was a huge fear of communism in the United States. And anyone who even had the slightest association with someone who had any communist leanings or appeared to have a communist leaning was what was called blacklisted, which meant they could not work. So you could take from that what you want. Someday we'll go through this and I will put links in the podcast notes. But what's important here is she had someone that she had supported who had also supported some communist ideals. And when the McCarthy era became this huge um, hunt for anyone and possibly have the slightest uh, correlation with this, she volunteered to come forward to the committee and give a statement. Right after she gave that statement a week later, her TV show was canceled. This is heartbreaking when you consider how little um, there was. She was the first black person to have their own TV show. And I want you to kind of look at your TV channel right now and see how many of that shows are headlined by people of color. I think that's an important thing to just think about right now. And this was the only one that was on and it got canceled and did not have the opportunity to show further what could happen, what could be possible in entertainment. Oh, we're getting to past 10 minutes. I'm so sorry. I will try to speed forward a little bit. That is a really important point I want to underline a whole bunch of times. This was a devastating loss to have that TV show go off the air. So Hazel um, left. Uh, Miss Scott left after she was um, after her show was canceled. She left the United States for Paris in the 1950s, and she didn't return for 17 years. Um, her career never really hit that stride again. Um, she did do some TV shows, some movies, and she played a bunch of venues. Um, she always played. And her son even said that her main wish was that she would play up until the day she died. She had no interest in retirement. And that is exactly what she did. She played venues until a few months before she passed away. All right. That is the end of my statement about Hazel Scott. Please head on over to the show notes. I'm going to link as many of the videos as I can, because this woman was so talented and so amazing and I think you'll really enjoy listening to to the music and seeing the amazing showmanship of Hazel Scott. 
nicest thing you guys can do for for the podcast if you haven't already head over to apple Podcasts, leave us some stars say some nice things please send us over to friends and teachers and if you have homeschool going send us over to homeschool groups this is a podcast that's meant for everyone i say it's for kids but we've had a lot of grown-ups say that they enjoy listening to this um thank you so much for your patience again i am disabled so there are going to be some holes and some times where i will not be recording and just stick with me it means a lot thank you so much please share and have a wonderful week